When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, what a goal! Danny Alley. King goes for it. Oh, goal from Harry Kane. Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they did it! I cannot believe it! Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs Saturday night edition. Where is this show going? My wife's asking the same question, believe me she is. Um, if you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify and Audio Boom. We've got a range of different audio platforms. We're of course on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs or on Facebook and Instagram too. This has been three years in the making, three seasons in the making, and we're delighted to be welcoming our friends, of course, over at the Dr. Tottenham podcast. But first up joining me, so I tell him back alongside me, I've got Jason McGovern twice in three days. Jace, lovely to have you here. How are you? Yeah, good to be back on twice in three days because there's no games to talk about. So uh, <laughs> I can at least have a smile on my face. And no one upsetting us, Jason, at the moment. We've still got a uh, mental health-free weekend at the moment. Nobody upsetting us. I mean, me and Dan have been upset all night with the cricket on. But uh, other than that, it's it's all good. Do you know what? I'm going to save everyone the uh, despair. No cricket, no Formula One, pure football in the last word on Spurs. Uh, we can see where this show will take us. Thanks so much, everybody. It's obviously tuning in, listening to us live here. Um, thank you, as always. Right, it's time to welcome our friends, some of them from across the pond, some of them across from the UK as well. Um, do you know what? I've got to turn to, you know, the host of the Dot the Tottenham podcast, who also is joining me on the top of the screen here. We've got Sammy with us first. Sammy, lovely to have you finally on the last word on Spurs and his crossover special. How are you, Sam? Lovely to be finally welcoming you guys. Finally, finally, finally. My God, we've been doing this for, we've been talking about this for, for, for years, literally. So it, it's it's great to be here. Thank you for uh, for the invite. Long time coming. Our pleasure. And I did mention this to you, Sammy. I'll say it live on air. Uh, you are my guilty pleasure on a Monday morning and my go-to listen to, of course, the Dr. Tottenham podcast. And it's time, like I say, to get you guys out there more so everybody can enjoy Dr. Tottenham. Because, uh, my God, we have 
as a terms of a doctor Tottenham, uh, my God, how many times have we visited that doctor in the space the last five, <laughs> six, seven, eight years? I've had 32 years of Dr. Tottenham and Jason's had a lot more than me and I won't care to remind him um, because he won't have that at all. So also, please be welcome alongside Sammy. We've got Vass back here as well. Vass, lovely to have you here. How are you? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Rick. Nice to be back on with you. Uh, this time, I don't know which pod I'm representing, but I'm, I'm here anyway. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> I, I, yeah, loving it. Thanks for having us on, Rick. Our pleasure. No problem at all. And also pleased to welcome back to the show. And Dan's been with us before. I'd say now he's firmly off the part of the Dr. Tottenham podcast. Dan from Yidvids. Dan, how are you? Lovely to have you here. You well? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well. Thanks for inviting me on. I think it's been about two and a half years since last time I came on. So, That's yeah, been good, far good too long. Oh yeah, God, no, lovely to have so you here, Dan. Lovely about. to have you here. Two and a half years ago, my life seemed a bit normal. Now it's just absolutely <laughs> changing nappies a lot. I got... I don't know where I'm breathing or living right now. I'd say 15 minutes ago, I was cradling a baby. Now I'm doing a podcast. Who says to you, life isn't unpredictable? You've got it there first. Well, it's fair to say, guys, we've been lucky um, and blessed over the last oh, couple of weeks or even longer with Tottenham. Continue giving us content day by day. Um, what we will start with on this show is, of course, the news that many would have woken up to this morning. And it's that Tottenham's current position in the Europa Conference League save Jason's Congratulations and celebrations here. Looks to be really under threat. <laughs> and then you can see Jason going absolutely crazy in the background there because um, as things stand, as we understand, obviously Spurs will not be replaying um, or not be playing that game against Stad Rene that was, of course, scheduled for last week. And Jace, coming over to you, um, it's now going to go to an independent UEFA panel who will take that decision as to whether um, Spurs will, in the end, maybe be awarded a, a playoff spot potentially or have to forfeit that game. How do you see that decision going? Bearing in mind, the draw is on Monday, so we're expecting that decision quite imminently as to the future of Tottenham in the Europa Conference League. Can you contain yourself in terms of worry as to where we're going to go in this competition? Well, I would say that from the outside, I would think that we'll take the blame for it because it was us that, that caused the game to be called off, whether... You know, the fact it's COVID situation, it was still the fault of Tottenham that the game didn't take place and it was still at the request of Tottenham. Um, but I'm a little bit surprised that they couldn't find a, a, a date because uh, Ren don't have a game next week whatsoever. They play, they play at the weekend and they play the following weekend. And Tottenham have Leicester, uh, which if the Premier League wanted a move, they could move and they could play the game then. I just think... I just think if this was a Champions League tie between Tottenham and Wren, we would be playing it next week against Leicester. We would be doing everything we could to get that game on, discussing with Leicester in the Premier League to move that game. But because it's a Conference League game, then uh, and Duncan, you know what my feelings are on it, that we're, we're quite happy to forfeit the tie rather than falling behind on the Premier League. Uh, from Wren's point of view, um, I don't know why they wouldn't want to play the game next week. But they are top of the group. They are already through. Um, they can't be caught. But there's half a million euros, I think, for the winner of the game. But obviously now that they, they perhaps think, well, if, if Tottenham win the game, we don't even get the money from it. So, you know, whether Tottenham would pay all their expenses, uh, I would have thought there was a day. Like I say, if it was a Champions League game, I'm sure that a, a compromise would have been met and we'd be playing next week. But but we're not. And so I, I, I fear that Tottenham, well, I don't fear it. I'd be delighted if Tottenham are, are thrown out of the competition. And uh, whilst, whilst we can talk about it being COVID and it's a bit harsh, UEFA in fairness have to develop the competition. They have to protect the, uh, 
integrity of a competition, even though you had a dog shitting on the pitch and players drawing numbers <laughs> on each other's backs, you've still got to have the integrity of the competition. So it is what it is. I think that the draw for the next round where you have country protection, PSV are in it, Leicester are in it. So which 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 part of the draw do Tottenham or, or uh, Vitesse Arnhem go into? So there's, there's that little bit to sort out. Um, Vitesse want to know where they are. Let them have the place. And um, the only thing I hope that there isn't, uh, that we don't know yet, is if there's a repercussion for next year that whatever Tottenham qualify in, they would be, you know, they'd be um, not allowed to progress into Europe next year. But I have a feeling that it will be just a, a big, uh, a big dirty fine of, I don't know, two hundred thousand euros or something like that, and then we we all move on and and good luck to Vitesse and and Ren going forward for it. Yeah, I mean, actually, Howard makes a good point here. Why does it need to be back paid before the December thirty first? The next round isn't until middle of February, and um, you know, it's a point that I I struggle to fathom because. Now, there is adequate time, I think, to play it. But again, you're kind of dictated to by UEFA. Um, Sammy, let's come over to you next. That's funny, I'm looking at Sammy. I think this host of the Top the Top, 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 top podcast right there. And I'm, I'm going to hand over to him. This is so bizarre. Um, but Sammy, that statement read as a rescheduled date for Spurs' Europa Conference League clash against Stadrenet cannot be found. That matter is now referred to the Control Ethics and Disciplinary Body for resolution. Uh, what do you personally think, Sammy, will be that resolution? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I want to take a quick step back here because Jace talked about the possibility of sanctions. And, and I guess I just don't really I haven't quite grasped yet. What mm. would be what would we be sanctioned for? What, what did Spurs do wrong here? I mean, isn't this yeah. a sort of a public health issue? And we tried to make it work. We encouraged them to come more. More cases occurred. And it was in everybody's you know public. Inter- I mean, everybody's health interest at the very least to, to call this game off. And so when we we hear about sanctions for what that's a fair point i mean i guess there's there's that view isn't there coming over to you vast that you know the perception from the outside seems to be that spurs had adequate enough players to play this but i mean you know even now we have to say this this virus has taken spurs you know quality by a storm it's taken you know from what we understand you know up to eight ten members of staff that's including playing as well in there um, I just feel the lack of sympathy and understanding for Spurs yeah. from the opposition clubs baffled me. And we obviously did a show a couple of nights ago, and it's just staggered me that the perception from opposition fans is almost that Spurs are getting away with this. They're almost, you know, enjoying the fact of not playing. I, I just, that yeah. really struggles for me to understand when this is a worldwide pandemic that we're in. And no matter if it's a player who's got it or, a, you know, anybody in the world, it's a very deadly virus that we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a virus that's affecting it's a lot of people. It's affecting players' families. It's affecting everyone that comes in contact with anybody else. So, um, I mean, the lack of kind of empathy or sympathy, you kind of half expect it in football these days, don't you? Fans can be very tribal. Mm. Um, I don't know what Spurs are really trying to get away with. I mean, the, the likelihood is we're going to get booted out of this competition now, the way things are going. And the way the things have been going, I mean, Spurs surely would have wanted to play these games because they're coming into a run of positive form. Right. And they'd want to continue that going, wouldn't they? They they, they don't want to just stop everything in in their tracks and uh, in some ways pick up later on. I mean, just imagine the backlog of fixtures that we're going to have. And does that get Uh, get taken into consideration, Vast, do you think? I mean, the fact that they were probably going to field a a weakened team and we were probably going to want to advance in Europe. And so, you know, to get back to the question that that was asked, I mean, does that 
I mean, what are the qualities that, that get included or considered when they're making this decision as to what to do about the result? I don't know. But Jace had a point about maybe playing it next week. If it had been a Champions League game, he's quite right. We probably yeah. would have got the game on. Um, but I think the issue is that I don't know whether the club will be in a position to play any game next week. There's talk about the Leicester game being postponed now. Yeah. Um, and then the problem you have after that is the uh, French League goes on a winter break until some date in January. I'm not entirely sure when. Yeah. So I can understand that there are issues. But again, I can't see what Spurs have done wrong. Um, and there's no scam here. Then we're not trying to hoodwink anybody. It's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. Well, and the public domain, Vass, you know, just how much Spurs have struggled over the past week in terms of those COVID cases. Uh, Dan, coming over to you. Um, as we understand at the moment, Stade Rene are likely to be awarded a 3 0 victory if Spurs had 13 players plus a goalkeeper available according to president and UEFA's competition rules, therefore meaning Spurs would exit that competition. Uh, based on that, Dan, can you understand that? And would you be for an exit of this competition? Just just a technicality, Rick. It has to be 13 players off the A-list. Yeah. That's quite, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So okay. the fact that you've got all the under-18s and all the under-23s available doesn't mean that uh, you can field a team. Relevant. You have okay. to have 13 right. off the A-list of players, mm. of which yeah. two, I think, must be goalkeepers. Right, yeah. that's a very good point. Dan, on that basis, yeah. um, can you understand that ruling? And are you in favour of Spurs fighting two for now to stay in this competition? Um, yes and no. I, I quite liked the competition at first. I thought, you know, let's just get through and we can finish top of the group and sort of uh, get through and it wouldn't, wouldn't be too many games to the final. However, this might be the perfect opportunity to sort of, I don't want to say dignity, it's probably not the right word, but to sort of bow out. I mean, we didn't really get eliminated because... Theoretically, we could have just beat Ren and qualified, but at the yeah. same time, we're getting we out some of it. grace here. We can exactly play out here, right? It, it, it's almost yeah. It's almost like we, we're out sort of by technicality. So I think just yeah, just get out of it. Um, I, I can imagine like like Jay says and everyone says, if it was the Champions League, we'd be fighting tooth and nail for this. But right. I'm not sure. I, I don't know what the answer to this is, but I wonder what Conte's thinking in his in his in his head, sort of privately, whether they're going. You know what? It's probably a good idea. Let's just get out of it. Yeah, you know, I think I hinted on our podcast, Ricky, last the last episode that this might be a convenient out for Spurs just to back away from this tournament without really losing any face. You know, you can hold your hand up and say, "Yeah, we're out," but it wasn't our fault. It was COVID or whatever. Because um, looking back on this competition, I don't know how seriously we we've, we've taken it. And in fact, as somebody said to me today, getting booted out of the competition is probably what we deserve given our away performances in it. Do you, do you know what's um, weird though, Vass? I mean, I, I thought, and we said this on, on our show at the start of the season, I don't know if you guys, I, mean, I know many of you maybe shared the same opinion, that I thought this was going to be potentially um, yeah. used as a development tool for the kids. But what ended up happening is under Nuno, because <laughs> he was under increasing pressure from the off, he had no choice but to field the first 11 to get the results and to try and boost, you know, the hope in terms of the Premier League. And, you know, if we've seen so far the um, the teams we put out this season, barring the first, I'd say, couple of games against Paco de Ferreira, who I won't remind you all of that sh- of, <laughs> okay, of that yeah. time because it feels like a very long time ago. Which uh, unfortunately we had to do live. I think JC was on that. It felt like almost <laughs> ITV two catch up. It was almost the, one of the worst shows. It should be on Comedy Comedy Central, really. Um, but it at, at one point felt like we did put out a bit of a fringe 11. But if you look at that competition throughout it, we were getting stronger and stronger and stronger. We had the likes of Kane featuring, Hoybier and Hummin Lucas Mora. You know, you know, it just, towards the end, you felt like we were almost playing the first team, Jay. So it ended up becoming completely the opposite of what we wanted to, didn't it? Uh, for me, I'd, I'd have done it as a de- uh, developmental squad 
right the way through. I know Dane Scarlett played the first few and people will say that's why it wasn't because he he struggled. But I think there was opportunities to play Harvey Whites and Mark Andes and Janelle Bennett's and, and people like that through the through the uh, through the early games. Um it you know, and if we'd have lost a few games, I don't think anyone would have been been annoyed. But what we've seen then when we started to involve first team players that 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 knew that they were backup players, if you like. We then have an embarrassment with Vitesse where we don't have a shot at goal. I mean, the last game was was horrendous, wasn't it? So the competition, I mean, it's, as much as we mimic the competition, we, we've stunk the competition out ourselves as well. Worse than the dog mess on the pitch. So, um, you know, it's been a it's been a horrible thing. And, you know, and looking forward, once, once you get to, I mean, people say there's a chance to win a competition. But if you go into the knockout rounds and you're playing Premier League games, as you start to go on a run in and there's FA Cup ties around that time, possibly yeah. a Carabao fight. I think the week of the Carabao final, there'll be a, a conference league game. So we play the, the people that have been letting us down in the competition. Why, why are we going to be confident of, of going all the way to the final? So, and I think it, it summed it up, didn't it? When Brendan Rogers fell out, he was in the competition and, and his you know what it was. reaction was, I don't even know what the competition is. <laughs> I mean, that, that tells you everything. I mean, so, uh, yeah, and, and if I remember rightly, I, I go back to the very game at, at Leicester last year where yeah. where we knew that a win would, would put us in the competition and had it been anyone else that we'd have had to win the game to stop finishing above mm -hmm. us, I'd have happily lost at Leicester. But because it was Arsenal right behind us, yeah. we, we thought we can't possibly finish below Arsenal in the league, so we'll have to win it and then go into the awful competition. But, um, you know, with, with a balance, you look at how Arsenal are going and you think, it might have been better if they were in it rather than us. But there you go. It is what it is, mate. But if we're chucked out of it, I, I couldn't care less. I couldn't yeah. care less about it. It'll be interesting, won't it? Because, I mean, of course, we're not going to be UEFA's uh, biggest friends when this does come to, obviously, a decision. Bearing in mind that we did try and, uh, obviously, gatecrash the Super League not too long ago. So I think it's fair to say that when they yeah, make this decision, show. Sammy, on, on that point, do you think UEFA will look at that maybe with a... Uh, I wouldn't say, you know, a hint of, of trying to get one over on Tottenham, but, you know, we're not going to look upon favourably, yeah. are we, when it comes to that yeah. decision, are we? No, I don't, I don't think Spurs are, are, are any favours by UEFA uh, in, mm. in their eyes, especially with what happened, you know, this 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 past summer. So, no, I would, I would agree with you. And, and it seems like so much of, of the decisions that get made at, at, at those kind of levels are so political. So, yeah, it probably doesn't yeah. probably doesn't bode well for us. But I think in hindsight, see, it's weird, right? Because, I mean, you almost kind of have to sort of uncondition yourself because mm. we're so thirsty for trophies, right? Yet, really, in this case, you got to ask yourself: Would we really be better off? You know, would we really yeah. put everything into a pursuit of this? And I, at I, what cost? At what? Yeah, cost right, right. You, yeah, and especially, yeah, and especially, yeah, especially with everything that we have in front of us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, as, as we understand, let's say that disciplinary will rule on whether Tottenham had enough fit players to meet UEFA rules, and which respective clubs could have rescheduled as to when. It's hopeful a conclusive ruling will be decided as soon as possible. A reminder that, of course, that draw is on Monday, so we're expecting you would think in the next. 24 at the very latest 48 hours to know Spurs' fate, which we're all trying to contain ourselves with. So before we do move on, um, a quick round the table, and it's a yes or no. And we'll start with Dan. Dan, do you want Spurs to be in favour of that ruling to go into the next round? Yes or no? Um, no. No, okay. That's over to you. Yes or no? Do Would you like Spurs to get the favour of that ruling and go into that next round of the competition? I, I don't see how they can now, Rick. So... Uh, 
Probably no. Uh, like Dan, I think at the beginning, I, I wanted us to win this tournament, but the way it's panned out, you know, uh, uh, I'm glad we're going to be out. But as one of your listeners, Johnny Boy, has just said, being chucked mm -hmm. out is fine. It's us being dis disadvantaged by a loss of coefficient points. I don't know yep. if that's going to come mm -hmm. back to bite us point. at some point. Yeah, That's a good yeah. point. Sammy, we'll come to you next. Yes or no? Do we want to um, be in this? You know, uh, oh gosh, a week or so ago, I would have said I would have said no. Charlie Eccleshare was on our pod last week. Yep. He started talking me into it, Great and the, the the inflection point for me was the dog shitting on the the, the pitch this week. So, <laughs> so no, no, I, it was I, it was a it was a pedigree though. That's a pedigree dog. Well, actually, no, he was a smart dog. And and, and, and to your point, and so he knows I, the cal it, he knows the caliber of this competition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think as a result, we uh, yeah, Europa Conference League out. Uh, Jace, I think I know your answer, right? You would have bowed out before we got to kick the ball, wouldn't you, Jace, on this? Well, when a dog expends more energy than Ndombele ever did in the competition, <laughs> I think that says everything. So, uh, no, just, just dump us out of it. And hopefully we, we finish eighth rather than seventh this year and we're never in it again, mate. I've got to give you credit there, Jace, because Ndombele wasn't even part of the script tonight and you still managed to fit him in. There's always a way you fit Ndombele into these shows. Um, so there you go. I think you've had it. I think my... my Personal opinion on it for me, I, I think now with what Spurs have got to come, of course, please God, we beat West Ham. We've got a double leg of, of course, of a semi-final there. FA Cup, you know, more coming there. You'd hopefully expect Spurs to advance. And with Conte in charge now, and hopefully Spurs, with, a, you know, a backlog of Premier League games in a tight, well, in a charge for a top four, um, I think it'd be very difficult to sit here and say that you wouldn't maybe favour Spurs to go out of a competition. And it's weird because I've never, ever advocated Spurs to ever throw a trophy. But um, interestingly, that decision is now probably out of their hands. So, um, listen, if we're going to go through, let's compete. Let's try and obviously win a trophy if we can't. It is what it is. But um, for our listeners on audio, we are going to go for our first break of the show. Uh, when we return, we'll be discussing Antonio Conte's start to life as the Tottenham Hotspur head coach. And even saying that now, six weeks later, feels the best feeling in the world. For our watching audience on YouTube, nearly 300 of you watching us live, thank you so much as always for your support on a Saturday evening when Spurs haven't played over the last week and a half. And I can tell you for everybody, um, I've never known somebody to be so, so much happier in themselves, believe it or not. You know, look, at the, look at the joy on screen. We haven't played and everybody is smiling. You know, Jason, look at that beaming smile. Forget the cricket, forget Formula One. He is still beaming his smile. Um, guys, we are going to discuss Antonio Conte's start to life at Tottenham because for some it doesn't feel very, very, very real. For me, I still think I'm going to wake up and see Gary Megson has got the job. Um, I still haven't got the belief that Antonio Conte's here, but he is. But um, Dan, we'll start with you. Uh, Conte started Spurs in all competitions. Is six matches played, four wins, one draw, one loss, and goals scored 11, goals against five. How would you sum up, Dan? I'll do, uh, I'll do your version now. Sum up in three words. Um, the start to life under Antonio Conte's era at Tottenham. Can I have five? You can have five if you want. We'll keep, it, so, we'll keep, yeah. it, your, keep it with your rhythm, actually. We'll go with five. Not finished, but much better. I like that. I like mm. that. Five words or less. Uh, let's go to Sammy. Next, Sammy, you're used to this now, so there's no excuses for you. Five words or less on this. Um, happy with things right now. Okay, he's, he's fit it in. Chase is still processing. We'll come to Vass next. Vass, what are you going to go for? <laughs> A promising and welcome start. Okay, Jace. That's five, yeah. Improved. I like that. Improved. Lots more improvement needed. Impro improved. Lots more improvement. <laughs> well, yeah. We just Close. squeezed it in there. Okay. Five. Oh, it's five. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with quite simply, I believe again. And that's the worst thing as a Tottenham fan. Having belief wow. again, it just, God, it can kill you. But um, overall, Dan, listen, you started us off. We'll come to you. Um, 
Conte's start to life in North London. What have you made of it so far? What's impressed you? And what gives you real hope for the future that this can work, if you do believe it can? Um, when he came in, I thought, are we going to see just an absolute instant improvement? Are we just going to be absolutely blitzing teams and be one of the, you know, sort of Conte-esque straight away? And I thought that is possible. But at the same time, that hasn't, for me, really happened. We haven't been um, the best team in the league by any means. I think we've actually stuttered around in some of the performances so far. However, there's been lots of improvement in the attacking play. I think the attacking shapes is so much more improved. Um, our our defence looks much better. Um, and I'm not saying our defence was all, always terrible this season because there was a couple of games under Nuno where our defence looked, looked quite good. But I'm just I'm just impressed with sort of him and sort of his persona, sort of as, you, as you'd expect, really. I think the big test will come when we, when we play some better teams. Um, especially away from home, I think we've had a, we've had a nice run under him. To be fair to him, he's had a nice first few games. Um, I just feel like the improvement uh, under Mourinho when he came in was just like an instant approve, uh, improvement. We were great, we were fantastic, and then it just sort of started petering off. And I'm quite um, excited the fact that we're sort of getting better and better by week. And maybe the training that he does on the puts, puts into the training ground is actually improving us. And we're actually in six months' time, we're going to be up here rather than down here, if that makes sense. I, 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 I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm optimistic. Um, I'm not sure how optimistic, but I think we've got a chance of finishing in the top four this season, I think. Yeah. Sammy, the, the thing we're using, the same as me, right, when, we, uh, when we're hosting the show, you know, we have very little room for our opinion. So we end up, you know, canvassing the, canvassing the room. But when it comes to us, we're trying to also get our opinions across. So I'm intrigued to know from your perspective um, mm. what the view is across the pond on Conte and just the impact that that's going to have for Spurs, not only from um, on the pitch, but also from a, a marketing view as to, you know, attracting one of the world's best managers, how that can also attract players when Spurs aren't in the elite European competition? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, what's interesting about American uh, soccer fans, football fans, is is that, you know, they, they seem to sort of know, they need to know things in the big picture. So they, they seem to know the big teams, the, the the big characters. And so when you when you ask that question about, about Conte and, and would that be good for sort of the you know the the popularity of the of, of the team in the U.S. Yes, I mean he is he's a shiny object that people are are, are drawn to. So yeah, I, I certainly think it makes people like I've had, I've had people that I work with who really don't know really much about Spurs, but they're like, wow, Conte, that's a big deal. So yeah, I, I think and it is it is a big deal, and uh, and I think there's you know we had reasons to be excited when when the rumors were were swirling around, and and we're we're starting to see the the, the product of having a tremendous leader. Jace, it's come over to you. Um, is it the start you would have expected, Jace, based on the games he's played so far? And I, I ask you that because, um, listen, I know you've got that expectation of us being a, a front foot team. But from what you've seen so far, has he exceeded expectations or is he just about right based on the opposition he's come up against so far? I think, if anything, we're two points down on what I'd have expected because, you know me, I always expect to go to Everton and win. Yeah, the, the form of Everton have been really, really poor. Then there was a great chance to go to Everton and win. And mm. let's be fair, we, we wouldn't have had to improve our performance that much for beating Everton on the day. But with the three home games with Leeds, Leeds, Brentford, and Norwich, you would expect to win those games. Uh, I think tonight would have been uh, tomorrow would have been a, a bigger test because Brighton look after the football and they 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 perhaps don't score the goals they deserve, Brighton, but they can certainly. Uh, they can certainly give you a really difficult... And we've had a few problem games at Brighton. So I think we'd have had a better idea of how things were going at Brighton. Uh, and, of course, Liverpool is coming up. And that's that's another 
that's another thing entirely for that one. But yeah, we're we're more or less where we, I think I would expect us to be. We've we've seen improvements. I thought Norwich last week, you know, for Norwich to come to Tottenham and have almost sixty percent of the ball, I was a little bit surprised at. Uh, Pookie takes that early chance. We're one nil down, and it's a uh, it's a different game. And it took us until what the sixty eighth minute. Uh, to really put the game beyond Norwich's reach, and for a team that's bottom, I was a little bit, a little bit disappointed even last week. But we've won the games. That's the most important thing. We've picked up ten points. I think we're, we were looking forward to going to Brighton tonight rather than dreading yep. it. That's that's yes, one for... one switch. Yep. I think yep. we're all looking forward to games now. Uh, the moods, the mood around the, the fans, the mood around the players. I'm sure has lifted. We have seen improvements. There's no doubt about it. We do look. We do look a better side going forward. We have carved out chances in those games. So at the moment, we're—I would say—we're more or less where I would expect us to be. But um, there's—I think that that Liverpool game and that West Ham game are, are two big ones, particularly that West Ham game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's such a big game. I know we laugh and joke saying it's West Ham's cup final. I think for Tottenham, that is—you know—that is a cup final for us in itself this season. You know, to get to a semi-final and then, as you think you said, Jace earlier in the week for us to potentially go on and face. Uh, teams that we would love to beat, the likes of a Chelsea or an Arsenal, we'd love to do that. We would most certainly love to do that. Um, Vass, coming over to you, I know obviously we had you on the show recently as well, but um, thoughts over on Conte and has it surprised you just how quickly he's already built up such a good rapport with the fans? You know, it almost feels that's crucial ahead of the January transfer window um, put on the basis that he's already got fans on side. So if he doesn't get who he wants, then you feel that he can use that power of knowing the fans are already massively behind him. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the fact that we had um, Mourinho and then Nuno before him and the, the the quality of the football was making us not look forward to games. Uh, Jace was saying that he's looking forward to games right now, and, and I think most Spurs fans are. Uh, it, it was a massive uplift, and you've got to, I guess, understand that Conte, what, is a top five manager in the world? Surely has to yep, be yep. in that group, yep. doesn't he? Yeah. So if that can't excite Tottenham fans, then, you know, I don't know what can. And I think Spurs fans were just looking for an improvement. And we've seen signs of that. And I think the, the first home game he had against Leeds, which was a comeback win, something we've not done for quite a while, I don't, I don't think. Um, and, and the passion that was shown in that particular game just kind of increased the, the the desire from the players and the fans to to get this show on the road, essentially. And I think, you know, whilst Dan's right, the, the fixture list has been kind of favourable for Conte, you still have to win those games. Um, and I hear what Jace is saying too about the Norwich game where we let them have maybe too much possession, but it, we still controlled the game even when they had the ball because they, they had the ball in areas that weren't hurting us. And I think that's what Conte is happy to do. Whereas previous managers, uh, Jose and Nuno, were, would sit off teams and try and hit them on the break. We were never really controlling those games. But under Conte, we can concede some possession, but we are still in control, essentially, uh, with a lot of the play. Uh, we're having, letting them have the ball in, in, in areas that aren't hurting us, and, that, and that's key. So just to echo what everybody else has said, yes, there's been improvements. Definitely, they're visible improvements. And I think that's what Spurs fans want you to see. Dan, back round to you. I'm interested to know what your expectations are for the season. 
is this a transitional season based on the fact that he's walked in and a quarter of the way through, but yet he did stand with Spurs still in all competitions. And although we'll pick up on it, of course, we've seen all the teams around us win today. Is there a situation for you where you still feel there's a lot to achieve and can be achieved this season and therefore there is still a high expectation for you? Well, the thing is, I think the luckiest thing for for Conte, it's not luck, it's it's through what he's done, but he's got a bit of a free hit this season. Because I think even if if we play like absolute rubbish in some games coming up, he won't get the blame. It's it's the players and it's the rebuild that that gets the blame, which is a good place for him to be. Um, I think that if... I would usually say a new manager with no preseason, the season's a free hit. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't really, well, of course it matters where we finish, but it's not on him if we don't finish. However, we've sort of managed to find ourselves in a pretty decent position. Um, if, if not a decent position, something that we can actually build on. And we, what will be like two points off fourth with, with a game in hand or something? Anyway, um, so the, it's, it's possible for him. It depends what happens in January, of course, um, because I think we do need a couple of players. And I, I don't know if we're going to get onto that later, but... Um, uh, it's, it's there. It's there for him to, to to succeed this season, rather than sort of just saying, "Oh, let's finish seventh or eighth and then start again next." Um, and yeah, I'm, I don't want to say I'm confident because I'm never confident as a Spurs fan. But that that's, that fourth spot has opened itself up a little bit. And I know Man United have got a new manager now, but I it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise any of us if we could go and finish fourth this year at all. I think we have to stay in touching distance, and, and he's put us in the position where we are in touching distance of that position, and as long as we can stay there um then who knows i think the january window which we'll get onto later is going to be huge for us as a club i don't know if the backlog of games will come by us in the arse later on but that's something just to keep an eye on but if we can stay there or thereabouts then i think we will be doing really well to just be in with a chance and i think the biggest thing i think one of your your listeners again, I think it was Jordan, uh, said something about is, is, is the first time since Poch that he's genuinely excited. And yeah. what the Conte appointment has actually done is put Pochettino in the rearview mirror. We're yeah. not thinking about him anymore. Whereas previously, we were kind of harboring for a return of Pochettino because we felt that that was the only guy who was going to be able to pick us up and take us forward despite what went on before. Yeah, but, but the Conte appointment just puts that to bed, and it, it gives everyone a, a hope again. Yeah, it most certainly does. Sammy, let's come over to you. I mean, as mm. things stand, as we recall right now, um, Spurs are positioned seventh in the Premier League at twenty-five points. We look above us. West Ham currently occupying fourth, and um, with twenty-seven points at the moment. So the two points there, and they've played a game more. They'll probably play another game this weekend too. Um, do you think, Sammy, in a way that you know Conte? The way his mental mind works, when I remember that season, of course, where Chelsea picked us to the tyres, I think it was 13 straight wins. He's almost got this ability to galvanise players, to go on a run, to keep on winning. Do you think in a way that's going to benefit Spurs, having those fixtures almost in the pocket to know what they've got to do ahead of, let's say, they play in these games and what the points are to be accumulated? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you think of it this way: like, if who knows how this you know European decision is going to get sorted out? But it, but it, I think it's the difference, just kind of quickly and simply, the difference between six matches to make up uh, versus three, right? Because you've got you got, you're going to ultimately have three Premier League matches to make up, and you'd have this Ren match. Well, I guess you wouldn't have the Ren match, but so at least two because you'd have the you'd have a, a two legged affair. And, and I was just kind of thinking this week to myself, 
is this going to get really complicated or is it going to get less complicated? And I, and I was kind of calm. And the reason why I was calm is because we've got literally the, the best leadership in, in, in the room to, 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 to look at, yeah. you know, yeah. complicated issues and complicated decisions and think through, you know, what's the best course of action for us. So, yeah, I think it's an, I, I think it's, you know, when he, when he was at Chelsea and when he was doing great things, I don't, you know, I didn't really like following Chelsea, but I just knew enough to know that he was doing really well. And now that he's doing, and I would say really well, because we were in a terrible state when he showed up here, uh, just to sort of write the, the air in the room is, is really something, you know, now I can get to see why, like the methods to his madness, like what he does to, to sort of write the ship and to get progress out of people. And we made some comments on the pods that he's just, he's really sincere. He's not a fraud. And I, I put, I, I put Jose in sort of that fraud, uh, potentially sort of fraud camp. I, mean, I don't think we have those concerns anymore. So I'm I'm really been kind of calm about this. I don't I don't I don't suspect that it'll be a straight line to success, but I feel really really good about the the the, the people in the room that are making the big decisions. Jason, come over to you. Um, I'm always intrigued to ask you, Jason, the tough questions. So, what is the minimum expectation for Conte to achieve this season? Bearing in mind that he walked through the doors I mentioned earlier with Spurs in all competitions and still in a position where top four, if that is the club's remit, and that's why we sacked Nuno. Is achievable. I'm sure we know this, this is a hundred reasons why we sat Nuno, but I mean, one of the being, of course, we do on Champions League football again at the club. I think the, I think the bare minimum, not necessarily my minimum, the bare minimum will be Europa League football. Uh, I certainly don't think they'll want to be in the, the European checker trade ever again. So I, I think they'll they'll definitely want that. But I, I think there's, you know, I. I with, with the way that things have gone in the Premier League, you know, we are in touching distance. I mean, as poor as Nuno, as poor as Nuno's job was, let's not forget, he did win five five games for us. So, you know, he, he didn't, Conte didn't take over a team that was 18th or 17th. Well, yeah, we were in the relegation we were still, battle. Yeah, but, we were still yeah. actually in touching distance at that point, um, which just shows you how much draws can kill, kill you in a season. Because, you know, I think Newcastle have only lost two games less than us or something. Or, or, so it's two games more than us. So it just shows you the value of winning games rather than getting draws. But we have a we have a great opportunity, and if if we can get the investment right in January, if we can strengthen that squad, we have a home quarter final in front of us. Uh, the holders are out. Manchester City are out of it. There's an opportunity to win a trophy and finish in the top four. And I think we would happily take either one of those two things if Conte can deliver. On one of those two, ideally, he could deliver on both. I think he's got a great chance to deliver on both. But if you picked up one of those two things, let's be honest. From when he walked through the door, if I'd have said to you, "We'll win a trophy or we'll finish top four, I think we'd have we'd have bit your hand off to to have right. one of those two yeah. things. So yeah. there's there's great opportunities for us. Like I say, that that January window is key, and, and in a weird way, uh, two or three extra Premier League games once you've hopefully brought in strengthen that squad might actually help you as well. Yep, and that's actually a perfect uh, segue into our next topic. We are going to discuss the January transfer window. So for our listeners and audio, well, we are going to... Go, then. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, boys. <laughs> we told you they're fleeted, Jess. It's fleeted topics go tonight. Jay, go and get the Daily Hotspur on. <laughs> <laughs> Double book doing the athletic, we, doing we the marathon, I think, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, for our listeners and audio, we are going to go for another short break. Um, for our viewing audience on YouTube, still nearly over 300 of you watching us live on a Saturday night. Thank you ever so much, as always. Thanks so much for your support. Um, like I say, we're joined by the Dr. Tottenham podcast here for a crossover special. And um, I must mention, no Timmy tonight. Um, of course, Timmy, part of the show as well. Listen, we'll try and get him on the next time we do this. What, the next six years, Vass? Hopefully we make it, make it work. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, honestly, we will, we will get together again, I promise you, on more of a regular basis. Um, right, January transfer window, Jason brought it up, so I need right to go there. Um, Vass, we'll start with you on the January transfer window, because um, I think it's fair to say, not just on players in, but players out as well, you do feel that from a mentality perspective, if we're going to get the right group of players to get this club in the right direction. There's plenty that do need to leave as well as bring in. So interestingly, um, I can see Jason's doing that in the background there. We're going to come on to Jason in a minute. But Vass, Vass, we'll start with you. In terms of players to go out, Vass, um, I'm sure we all know who's coming. Uh, Vass, who would you like do to we? see move? Well, I think many of us, might, listen, we know the names that are going to probably come. Unless you've got some surprise in us there for us, Vass. Who would you like to see moved on ahead of this January transfer window? You know, I, ne- I never thought I'd, I'd say this, but... Probably Delhi needs to move on for his own good more than anything. Mm. Um, even if it's just a loan move, so he can find himself again. Yep. Um, it's an interesting one. I mean, we, who do you move on? I, it, it, we talk about players needing to go, and then we've had a resurgence from players like Ben Davis and Eric Dyer. Um, I'd probably move on Matt Doherty. Um, <laughs> And aside from that, I don't know, you've got Conte talking about Bergwijn as being this pseudo-striker. We haven't really managed to get anything out of um, Ndombele. Uh, La Celso keeps teasing some good performances and then getting injured. So, you know, do you really want to end up getting rid of players that you've spent £50, £60 million on? I suspect Ndombele we're going to have to cut our losses on. Delhi, we're going to have to move out. Doherty, I think we need to move out. But then, you know, it's all about who who comes in after that. And, and January is going to be really interesting for this football club. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, I mean, listen, the, 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 the similar names keep popping up. Um, Dan, from what we see the names there, like I say, being uh, being churned out, like I said, Delhi and Dombele, Doherty, Sanchez, anybody out of them, or in addition to them, that, you would feel now is the right time for them to move on from the football club? Um, I think for the right offer, I think you'd get rid of Winks. Um, I think even Lacelso, if the money came in, you know it's not coming in, but it's potentially, I think... I think they were getting off his ear on the screen to drive him, Dan, by the looks of it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of players that I think could go. Um, the ones that I think are the priority are the ones that Vass said, exactly the same. Exactly the same players. Although one thing I saw just pop up, someone said Sanchez to go. I'm still not ready to give up on him yet. I don't think he's the best centre-back we've ever had. But I think considering we're playing a three at the back, I think there's a place there for him. I think Rodon has been um, sort of tipped to leave. He's not happy with his amount of game time, which is which is fine. He hasn't played a lot. Um, we're going to need to buy some sort of centre-back if, if we're going to get rid of Rodon, especially and Sanchez. So, yeah, I... I it's just the same old thing, really. I don't have any idea who we should bring in, but I think it yeah. will just depend on who we do bring in rather than you know just sort of getting rid of players for the sake of it. Yeah. Sammy, let's come around to you. I know we had a question in, um, I think, from uh, on 
either of our Twitter feeds, and it was around uh, Stephen Bergvine. I'm going to try and find out who uh, put that question to us in a second. Um, but um, from what you've seen of him, Sammy, so far, it's been fleeting this season. Mm. But do you think in the case of Bergvine, have you seen enough to think that he's not going to make it in a Spurs shirt? And that came in from QT Romero 4. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the right way or the best way to describe the player that he is. Is yeah. he a true winger? Is he a false nine? I mean, I, he's done some tantalizing things at times, right? I remember, I can't remember, was it Burnley or somebody that he made this outrageous move uh, down by the, 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 the sideline, showed great speed. I mean, he's got tricks in him. I don't know. It, it feels like he just kind of got spooked a, a little bit like i remember uh not too long ago in the international break i think he had uh a, he had a couple of good perform one good performance for holland one where he raced i mean seemed like 90 percent of the pitch and really had a shot on goal and i was like shoot 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 and then he lays it off and they they, they, they scored nonetheless but i don't know yeah. I, I i i don't think that whereas i thought he had a chance under a nuno system it's it's hard for me to see where he sort of is a natural fit in with with Antonio Conte and and he just hasn't really I mean he hasn't been given a lot of playing time and, and admittedly he hasn't shown anything terrific in the small amounts of time that he's been given so I don't know but I don't yeah. think so it's probably my likely answer anybody else Sammy on that on that obviously list that we've seen that uh, it's obviously coming across that it's the same names that we all seen no, you know I I mean, about, you've spoken about them on your show as well yeah I mean there, there's so many players right yeah. that, that, that frustrate people to to, to varying degrees I, I'm a big fan of sort of starting from a strategic perspective in other words who are you trying to build around is it Harry Kane is it Hyunmin Son you know what kind of style of player are you really trying to build as your foundation and I think you're supposed to sort of build from there but in this in this day and age where money means so much, a lot of your decisions are based just based on who you can sell, not necessarily, you know, who should you sell. That's fair. No, that is fair. And Jay's coming over to you. I think we had a pot on the screen here from Jordan. Um, I will try and dig it up. And I think like Jordan's saying there, you know, we have this is a different different this is the hard things of what in Tottenham, right? Because we do have um this is what makes me laugh. People think about our wage structure as being a very poor one. You know, we've got a highly incentivised wage structure at Tottenham. Alongside that, you have got state-of-the-art facilities to train in. Um, you're in one of the most attractive locations in the UK, of course, London. And I think people understand, Jason, you've said it so many times, how hard it is to move players out the door. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the first thing is when we talk about backing Conte in the January window, part of that backing is in, in players trying to get out the door. You know, people always interpret that as backing him who he wants to bring in, but it's also backing his judgment and who he wants out. And I think, you know, particularly with, with clubs, you know, the pandemic has, has hit finances in football. We've seen that. Um, I think clubs will be reluctant to make big money deals. And so there will be, a, you know, when you look at some of those names and Dombele and Delhi are two, it's very unlikely you'll find a genuine buyer in January. For those two, so they're going to have to be, they're going to have to be creative loans with with options mm -hmm. to buy or yeah. with uh, obligations to buy. I mean, Tungi and Dombele, two hundred grand a week. There isn't a club anywhere in the world that will give him that. Yeah. Um, Barcelona are desperate for players. He's wanted to go there. Whether you could, whether you could point him down that route, but yeah. Barcelona have got no money to pay for him. So you mm -hmm. could only possibly do a loan and you'd probably have to subsidise some of his wages. And it's Hey, it's, and James, it's, I, I just want to tell you, so like what you're talking about, you're talking about really sort of complex transfer stuff, right? And it kind of goes yeah. back to my comment that I made earlier. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy, Paratici, who, who's 
who has been, you know, director of football, master of, 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 of transfers at a place like Juve. So, you know, these are complex issues, but I still kind of have this peace of mind that we've got the right people around to make, you know, to make the best of, you know, these, these very, you know, complex situations. I think I think we've got the right person, but it's whether the chairman signs signs the deal off. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Sure. And and you know, is Daniel the type of person that wants to subsidise? I mean, yeah. with Tate and Domba, let's put him on. I don't know. Let's say he goes to AC Milan, and they say, right, we'll pay him eighty grand a week. Is a is our chairman likely to subsidise one hundred and twenty grand a week in wages? Yeah, that's that's going to be the problem. Um, Delhi as well. I think you know for. For Delhi to have a, a club that he wants to go to, he's, he's not going to want to join Crystal Palace, is he? So, and, and well, you, yeah, you say that, but I mean, at the moment, he needs to, he, he has to, you have to feel like he's got to, well, the problem I've got with Delhi very quickly on this, I mean, I, I said this before, Jason, I think we both had this conversation about a week ago over the phone that, um, I just feel like he's almost fallen out of love with football. It's not about yeah. Tottenham anymore. It's just, I don't think he even enjoys being a footballer from what I can only gauge of him on the pitch. You, no, he needs to find his enjoyment for the game and everything back. Yeah. But, hmm. you know, his, his image, if you like, his ego won't allow him to say, I want to go and play for Crystal Palace or or Brighton or someone. Uh, and they're probably the clubs that are the only clubs that he could go and join because Liverpool's and Man United's aren't going to want him anymore. And if hmm. they do, they're certainly going to say, well, we'll have a look at him because we don't know what, what type of footballers they're in there. So, again, he's another one that, that's a saleable asset, but I can't see a, a club being prepared to go and buy him. And, and I can't see a club that he's willing to go to. So there's going to have to be some real creativity in that window. And, and the, yeah. the flip side of that is any transfer business we want to do, we're unlikely to have much money to bring in right. for those players. We'll, we'll be trying to replace mm -hmm. them, but those players leaving won't really be bringing in. If Doherty leaves, how much are you going to get in for him? Eight, 10 million? You know, you're yeah, not exactly going to go and buy quality with eight or ten million. So, and if if Winks goes, reality is again, you know, the type of clubs that will want Winks, they're not going to pay forty million for somebody like that, are they? So, um, it, it will be a, a really testing January. I think mm. it wouldn't surprise me if we, if Conte, when he's when he's he's looked at cheap deals like with Ericsson, obviously, but yeah. bringing in Ashley Youngs and and Victor Moses and that, there may well be. Somebody that he sees, a much more experienced player, 31, 32 years old, that, that Tottenham have never traditionally wanted to bring in. But it may well be that Conte says, look, give me in for 18 months. I only need, and if, if he goes on a free transfer at the 18 months, I don't care. But I don't think we'll see too many 23, 24 year old, 80 million pound transfers coming into the club. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, one player I did want to mention, um, our goalkeeper, Hugo Lloris. It, it's just amazing, Vas, coming over to you, how we've just seen to allow his contract to be, you know, almost winding down. Very little communication from Tottenham um, to Lloris, what we understand about there being an offer of a new deal. Um, very quickly on this, we'll have a quick round-up on this one with Lloris, that um, from what we've seen at Galini so far, um, are you are you fulfilled, Vass, you know, with the thought of <laughs> Lloris departing, or I mean, should we be putting anything in our power to keep him at the club? We'll put it this way. I've not been impressed with Galini. I don't know if he's made a save yet, to be honest. I may be doing him a disservice, I'm not sure. Uh, but that farce against uh, Moura in the yeah. European checker trade, as Jason calls it, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not great. Now, the thing with Hugo, actually, you mentioned this, Rick, it might be timely, but reports over the last couple of days is that he's open to extending 
and the club may be in a situation where they're now wanting him to extend. So, someone, uh, someone, check, has someone checked his records, his mental wealth records. He wants to, <laughs> he wants to extend. <laughs> well, look, I think if, if players can't, um, you know, you, you've got to look at who, who, who would you go to? Say, like, I'm Hugo Lloris now. Which team out there would I realistically be able to go to? Who needs a goalkeeper? In the past, maybe he might have had an eye on PSG, but they've splashed yeah. a load of cash on Donnarumma, haven't they? That's so right. He's yeah. not going to be going to PSG. So unless it's another top team in France, can't really see one. Rennes are in second place at the moment. Don't really think he wants to go to Rennes because they're playing in the European Czech trade as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know... I think Spurs have become, again, an attractive proposition under Conte. If you can attract one of the best managers in the world to a football club that isn't in the elite competition in, in European football, that isn't in the top four of its domestic league, you, you still get this guy in, players are going to look at that and think, well, maybe I need to buy into this guy. Maybe And, and Lloris has been here long enough, really, I think, mm. where he can maybe have some kind of affinity rather than having his head checked, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I jump in on Hugo quickly? Please do, yeah. Please um, do, yeah. I, I just saw one of the comments saying, um, get Sam Johnson in from West Bromwich Albion because he's on a free at the end of the year. If if they think that, um, there you go. If you go, um, if they think Hugo is no good, well, not no good, but he's sort of coming to his end at, at Tottenham, the best thing to do for the club, in my opinion, would be maybe sign Hugo on for even just one more year. If that's all he wants, one more year. Also get uh, Sam Johnson in as a number two. And sort of transition that period from maybe Sam Johnson's a number two to a number one if they think he's good enough. Because I think if you speak to a lot of West Brom fans, which I've got a couple of mates here, West Brom fans, they love him. They think he's future England number one. And he's been in the yeah. England squad for the last however known. So that might be worth a shout. I mean, if you want to just completely uh, let Hugo go and replace him, if you want to replace him with someone as good, uh, that's, a, that's a fair bit of money, uh, I think. Yeah. You think mm, how much yeah. Kepa, Kepa went right. for and you know, yeah, yeah. Courtois. So, yeah. Is Galini not the one then, Dan? I don't think so, no. I, think he's, he's, <laughs> I, I tweeted the other day, I said, I think he's one of the worst shot stoppers I've seen at Tottenham since, since, do you remember when Paul Robinson had that little fluff and he just absolutely went to, mm. to crap in 2008? Unfortunately for any, any any shot from distance, it was, oh. just, I mean, it was just a real problem, wasn't it? You know, Galini's the same. Mm, yeah. yeah, he's got this great way, Sammy, coming to you, Galina. Almost, he, the way he watches the ball go past him is fantastic. You know, he has, does a great way of looking at it going, that's going in. I'm just going to watch that as it goes into the top right hand corner. Not a good trait for a goalkeeper. No, not a good trait for a goalkeeper. I mean, Sammy, what do you think will happen with Spurs' goalkeeping situation there? Do you think Hugo will sign on for yeah. a further year? Or what can I don't you know. I, I think I think his immediate future is here. I mean, I, I, one thing, one of the, and I agree with everything that Vass said, and one of the things he didn't say was money. I mean, he probably stands to make more at Spurs than any other place that could offer him a contract, right? I mean, so, uh, yeah. And the other thing is this, is that I'm not sure two years ago that we, were, we would have been enthusiastic about having this conversation, right? He's been remarkable the last, you know, season and a half. He, he really has been. He's been I – mean, you, you could argue he's been – at the best of his career at times. I mean, of all the things that we've had to worry about, Hugo has not been one of them. So yeah, I'd like to think that, uh, and, and I think that there'll be, I think that the club will show some, some dignity and some, some grace with him and, and, and defer to, to him in terms of what he would like to do. I'd love to see him end his career here. I don't know, but does he, and he spent a lot of time at Leon. Is that, does he have, yeah. does he have sort of lineage there or roots there? 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure, again, I mean, I might be wrong, guys, and please correct me. I'm, I'm sure I read a report from Hugo in the past, this is quite a few years ago, where I think he had aspirations to finish his career, footballing okay. career in France. I might be wrong. I, I can't quite remember now. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, Jace, come over to you to conclude the Lloris discussion. Um, are you surprised, Jace, by the lack of communication from Spurs to Lloris? Because you feel if it was any top player at the top of their game, they would never have allowed this to be in a situation where it's got to this point of no deal on the table until now. From what we understand, Conte's gone in there, really liked Hugo, the way he handles himself, his professionalism. And he almost says, you know, I want this guy around. Has it surprised you by how long it's taken to even get to the point of even opening talks with Lloris? It almost feels like, because he's a goalkeeper, we can replace him. But he's been one of the most important players of Spurs' what, last seven, eight years? No, it, it doesn't, because I'm not so sure there hasn't been preliminary discussions at any stage anyway. I think Hugo, everything we know about Hugo, even when he renewed his contract before, it was pretty low-key. Uh, I think he's, he's a type of, you know, there's, there's never any point where he's pushing to leave or anything like that. And um, I think Hugo's quite an honourable person in that respect. And maybe when Nuno came in, there was an initial discussion and they, you know, both wanted to just leave it a little bit and see how the season worked out before, before they did it. So I've, I've never been too worried. My... You, I mean, we've done so many shows, Rick, where I've defended Hugo, haven't I? And um, Absolutely. I can't stand yeah. it when people say he's a liability because mm. you look at his saves per XG and he's miles yeah. clear of any goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, we know he's dropped mistakes in games, but the amount... And I've, I've always said, you know, I can accept Hugo's mistakes when he makes four or five saves more than any other goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. And if you if you worry about the mistakes and you lose those extra five saves, then you're four goals worse off just because your goalie hasn't made a mistake. So it's 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 silly. But I think with with Conte's situation, I think it depends what Conte wants from his goalkeeper long-term. And I think the last couple of years maybe has helped Hugo that he's weak, in the weaker points of his game, we haven't really allowed to, to show up because Mourinho didn't want to play out from the back. Um, so that, that distribution element wasn't, wasn't such a problem that it was under Poch, but under Conte, if you want to play out from the back, then that will will bring Hugo's weaker parts, uh, weaker parts back in the the forefront of people. So um, I think it depends how how Conte wants to do it. I mean, in terms of bringing a goalkeeper in, it's it's not a, an immediate position that I want to go and spend 30, 40 million quid on because we've got a good goalkeeper. But if Conte really wants to play out from the back. It's something that we'll have to address. So yeah. I think they're right. I think with Hugo, the, the, the decision is what do you want to do? And if we can get him to sign for another year, but maybe within that year, he'll have to accept that as the season goes on, as Dan said, that he becomes less of a priority or maybe he becomes the cup rotation goalkeeper and we do give somebody a chance to stake their claim in a Premier League. So I think I think you can have a mature discussion with Hugo I don't yep. think it's it's going to be a, a fractious one at all. No. And I think they'll oh, yeah. just reach the point that, that suits both parties. I think he'd, you know, he's still France's number one goalkeeper. That's that's the thing, you know. I, I thought after the last World Cup that, that he might call it a day with France then. I thought after the Euros he will. Mm. And yet he's still a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, and they've got he's in great shape, isn't people he? like I mean, that behind him. But he's, he's in brilliant he's shape, isn't he, James? I mean, his, his physique, the way he's kept him, he's in brilliant shape, oh, isn't he, he's, He's a brilliant professional. He's a, yeah. he's a credit to us, yeah, uh, and he, he deserves uh, the right the right ending for him as well as the mm. club. So I hope an agreement, a suitable thing, can be reached. But I'm not. I'm a massive fan of Hugo, but I won't be 
too disappointed if he leaves, if that's what gets Conte the goalkeeper he really wants. Yeah, and that's key, isn't it? I mean, the most important thing is that if you're going to let Luis go, you've got to let Luis go. You've got to get someone in as adequate or better yeah. than him. And that's been, a, you know, that's been a, that is a real, real tough test for Tottenham. That oh, is because be Luis has been difficult so for good. Us to do. Yeah, yeah, and you'll notice it very quickly if it isn't somebody as adequate as Luis, because that guy, as you've said, Jace, on so many shows, saved us so many points. I think you know you only realise how good the goalkeeper is. Unfortunately, when he's no longer here, and we hope Luis, I say. We um, replace him adequately, but here, let's hope he's here for, I say, a year or two more. Um, we are going to go for our final break of the show for our listeners on audio. When we come back, we'll be just concluding in the next five, ten minutes um, what Spurs need and, of course, the COVID crisis and when Spurs will actually play a game again. When I ever thought I was going to say those words on a Tottenham podcast, when will Spurs play again? Eh? <laughs> Crazy. Um, for our watching audience on YouTube, we over 350 of you watching us live. Thank you so much, as always. Um, right, we will start with um, Vass on this discussion. Vass, what does Spurs need ahead of January for you? Position-wise, player-wise, if you could identify a couple of players, who would you want? Okay, so we, we had a similar discussion on our pod last weekend, I think, and the areas that we sort of agreed on were centre-back i think we need uh to upgrade in central defense uh especially with conte playing three at the back i think we, we need something better than maybe tanganga or some people have mentioned sanchez so of course we've got romero who's injured at the moment so we've got him to come back the, the other area actually and it kind of was apparent uh at the last game against norwich and that's um a backup right wing back because with Royale being out, um, you're left with a choice between Doherty and Tanganga at right back. Now, unless he converts somebody like Lucas Mora as a right wing back, uh, sorry, I should say right wing back, not right back, um, then I, I don't know what, what happens there. So centre back, maybe right wing back and somebody in central midfield as well. Um, by the way, this is not all going to happen in January, fellas, so don't get your hopes up. Um Central midfield field is an area too. Skippy's playing out of his skin at the moment. So maybe we need somebody in there who's got the steel, but also got the guile. Now, Lacelso potentially could be that person. But if he can't stay fit, then maybe we need to do something there. Yeah. Um, and then maybe a, a number nine. I would love to see Vlaovic at Spurs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if that'll, that one will come to fruition. Mm. I mean, Dan, that's the name, isn't it? As Vass has mentioned there on everyone's lips, Vlalovic and where his future is at. I mean, listen, I think it's going to be worldwide interest in him. You know, he's, he's got a formidable scoring record. And I will, like I say, get that up in a second, those scoring stats. And, of course, Harry Kane, just the one Premier League goal so far this season. Of course, I think he's had 10 overall. Uh, but obviously, the, the Premier League's are bread and butter, right? Uh, bread, and, uh, bread and butter. We obviously need to be firing in there. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you personally feel Spurs will in January if they are to give Conte the ammunition to try and achieve a top four finish and push as far as they can in those cup competitions? Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with everything Vass said, really. I think my main priority is someone to partner Skip uh, in midfield, uh, or even if you didn't want to play Skip and you want to play Hoybier instead. But I think we need someone in there with a bit of creativity. Um, even if potentially you you had someone that could could come on um, for Lucas Moura and, and change the system slightly and play Son and Kane up front on their own and have someone in that centre midfield with a bit of guile and a bit of creativity. So, I mean, not Ericsson, but we need Ericsson back, if that makes sense, to someone exactly like him who can who can break the lines, who can play those passes forward. I think that's that's our weakest position at the moment. And that's no 
that's no insult to Skip, especially because he's been brilliant. And, and Oibio, uh, people don't like him, but I think he's done okay. Yep. Um, it's the creativity in scoring goals. And I think that would probably help Kane. Because um, uh, in the last couple of games, we have created a couple more chances. And I think once he gets going, I think we'll be all right. But it's yeah, it's just getting the ball to him and, and so on, basically. I think that's our biggest problem. Absolutely. Sammy, what do we need? You you king that you king that chair over at uh, Dr Tottenham. You have to you have to chair that discussion almost on a weekly basis with these lot. What do we need, Sammy? Oh well, I don't. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the, the the short version is what we need is we need we need players like Tangi and Dombele to to finally show the you know the end product that we thought that he was going to have. Right? I mean, we that's you know we got that ship that ship seems to. Have sailed. I, I don't have a whole lot to add other than you know. Over I think the ship sunk, mate. Not sailed. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, look, those are. But, but, but the point is, is, is this, like good managers, right? I mean, they they do turn around players. I mean, we've seen it with Ben Davies. You know, we've seen it with with other players that that, that you know seem to be getting a new lease on 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 life with this manager. And I'm not suggesting that that, that there's still hope for 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 Tangy, but but certainly with like a, a, a Lacelso, like we you know to Dan's point. Hey, we need a creative midfielder, and if he would start playing more like an Ericsson, then you don't really need to go out and get, you know, necessarily a, a at least in this window, a creative midfielder. And a, I don't even know whether there's even one to get. So, this is a uh, this window is is uh, it's a fluid situation. I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, I, I think I think the club has identified all these these players and all these areas that, that we've identified. What we end up doing in, in a window that's never really terribly active, anyway, right? Uh, remains to be seen. I I, I don't know. Jason, come over to you. You're never too shy to give your thoughts on a transfer window. I can see you smiling there. I always wanted you. Let's say you were doing half hour ago. I don't know what you were trying to compile there, um, but I saw you scrambling around, thinking it's not going to come on our screen here. But um, Jason, what, firstly, what, what do you think we need? Uh, of course, still Spurs in all those competitions. We're waiting, of course, on this uh, verdict about the Europa Conference League, of course. But um, if Conte's going to go into that second half of the season with real, genuine belief that Spurs can achieve a top four finish. What's he going to need to be able to do that? I think he needs more goals. Simple as that. We're, we're so reliant on on two players. Um, one of those isn't scoring this year, so that's that's really affected us. We need goals in the team. Whether that's whether that's bringing in a, a, another one for that front three that scores, whether it's bringing in a, a central midfield player that you know a Gigi Vinaldum, Van der Beek style player that can can get five or six goals from midfield. Uh, but still, you know, when you look at that that system he wants to play with, where we've got Skip and Heiberg, you know, that successful Chelsea side did play with Kante and Matic in those roles. So there wasn't much creativity there. Uh, if you're only going to play two in that midfield, they've got to be defensively strong enough to, to do the role. So you've got to have somebody good enough to do that, but ideally can get forward. That's why a Gigi Vinaldum type player... Uh, although he's obviously he went to Paris in the summer, but isn't playing. But that type of player. Um, but we've we've just got to get more goals in the team. You know, Vassy's right. I'm not even sure Emerson is a first choice wing back. You know, him and him and Reggion have got to get those assist levels up. And they've got to contribute three or four goals each themselves in the way that Reese James and uh, Chilwell have done, or Marcus Alonso. I mean, Marcus Alonso is the type of wing back we need that that can get your goals. Um, and the two Liverpool fullbacks are terrific, aren't they? But they are, that's yeah. that's the key. We've, we've somehow we've got to get more goals in the team. Uh, like like Vass, I think Delhi, um, Doherty's and Dombele's, Winks, people like that. I, I'm not fussed if they leave the club, but 
it's, it's it's certainly something we've got to get into that side because there's there's games that we'll struggle in that that um, you know you, you need to nick one or two goals in, um, and and we need to do that badly. You know something. You know everybody talks about how uh, you know the, the 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 chairman how he is with with money and spending money, but the real the real truth about what's going to happen in this window is he's going to have to lose some pride. I mean, he's got to yep. take some, some exactly. really Absolutely. big hits to his ego, right? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, you know, a, a yep. player like Tangi and Dombele that you spend 62 million quid on, the, yep. I mean, you can let him go for 25 million and then you're probably, you probably will, or you're going to be facing those kind of decisions. So that, so as opposed to like fixating on players, which we all, we all want to have, I'm just ready for that. I'm just ready mm. for somebody to admit, you know what, kind of fucked up. I mean, we yep. made, and we just got to let go of it, and we just got to get on with it and, and get going. Yeah, I agree. Something. It's time to own some decisions, isn't it? Uh, just yep. a comment. There. I mean, Paul Russell has said Lingard is a good shell. Manchester United are not going to sell Lingard to Tottenham because that, that that's oh. a that's a big risk to their own top four spot. Yep. So you know, and that's why I say a Van der Beek style. But Man United won't give Tottenham Van der Beek. You know, they, they'll sell him somewhere else, just in the same way as we won't give. Those clubs are Delhi Alley, even no. if we wanted to. You're not going to do that. So you've got to be creative with it. Hopefully, Conte's got his got his targets in mind. Yeah. To be fair, with, to be fair with Lingard, with Lingard though, I think he's out of contract, isn't he? So you could potentially either get him for the summer in January if if that's what you wanted, or if you probably put enough money to Man United, they'd probably take it. I'm not saying we will, and you know it will take a lot of money, but I don't think he's completely out of the question like maybe a Van der Beek would be. Yeah, I don't know how much of an upgrade he is on on Delhi at the moment, no. Lingard. But I think Paratici has in the past done well in the January window, where there have been players who have been coming towards the end of their contracts, and he's seen some success there. So that would be interesting to keep an eye on, really. Um, yep. But, but Sam is right. We we might need to eat some humble pie on yeah. on, on some of the transfers that we've made. I suspect the chairman is edging towards that way now because you don't bring in a guy like Conte and then stitch him over. No. So that's that. That's going to be uh, something to watch as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, guys, we'll see what happens with that January transfer. And just to finish up, of course, um, we're still in the dark as to what is going to be Tottenham Hotspur's next fixture. Um, I say we understand from Football London that, you know, cases are moving in the right direction. But as we are still recording here at Hotspur Way, it's still shut, of course. Um, Jason, come out of you. I know we had this discussion very, very briefly, of course, on um, it wasn't briefly for you. I think it was only two hours on, uh, on the other night. But um, we kept it down for you on this one here. But to finish up, Jason, for you, when do you see Spurs playing again in the Premier League? Or playing gut any game, was, I must add. I think I said my gut feeling was Liverpool. But hopefully, if things are going in the right direction, we can play that game at Leicester. I think even if you've, even if you're back in training one or two days, I mean, yeah. we need to know who, the club obviously know who the cases are. So Christian Romero, for instance, is leaked out as he's one of the cases. Well, if Christian Romero's still on his ten days, it's not a problem to us, is it? Because he's not fit anyway. So it, it will depend on the individual names. And if Brian Hill was one of the ten names, is he really likely to start at Leicester? Probably not. So there's another one that, you know, if it's if it's Sonny and people like that, you want them back in training for sure. But yeah. you'll only know that from the name. So gut feeling is Liverpool, but maybe we can do something with Leicester. And it, but it depends where our Leicester's. I mean, Norwich, Norwich have missed yeah. five about four or five players out with COVID today. So yeah. you know, yeah. who knows? For in a week's time, it may well be at other clubs. Yeah, uh, that's coming to you on this 
subject, it's interesting because um, Leicester are currently going for a real uh, sticky patch in form. You know, I'm even seeing a lot of on social media, you know, a lot of people, you know, very unhappy with Brendan Rodgers. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I say a club there, only won the FA Cup uh, a couple of seasons ago. He's improved a lot of those players. But I mean, listen, I always say fans know their club better than anybody else. So obviously I don't watch Leicester religiously day in, day out. So again, they've got an opinion. A lot of them unhappy at the moment. Would Leicester, would this be a good time to face Leicester if we can get that game on, Vass? I guess it depends on how much time that the, the squad has to train again. I mean, if it's literally the day before, you know, it might be a bit tough, but then we might not have a choice. Um, uh, you know, and a week is a long time in football, what, what you said about um, Brendan Rogers just then. So it just goes to show. Um, I think all these postponed games, they, they, we've had no choice in the matter, of course, but our opponents in all of these games, I mean, Burnley had three or four players out, but that one got snowed off. Uh, Brighton seemed to have had a raft of injuries and, and that one's been postponed. Um, so, you know, these isn't really working for us at the moment. Uh, aside from having the fixture of congestion to come, we've probably already also missed opportunities to play against these teams when possibly they weren't going to be at their best. So it, it swings and roundabouts, I guess. As for which is the next game going to be then, I'm with Jace. I think Liverpool will be the next game we actually um, fulfil properly. Over to you, Dan. If, if it is Liverpool, does that concern you in a way just with Spurs? They've almost been playing teams, like I say, the likes of like the Norwiches and the Brentfords that have been able to kind of get them on almost a sound footing in the build-up to come along to the likes of the Liverpools. And I have to put West, West Ham's that bracket now because they're playing some really good football. Does that worry you, Dan, just by having no a lack of training to go straight into a real high-intensity game against Liverpool who are although today got the job done by beating Aston Villa by one goal to nil. And it, again, just be before, it's typical, isn't it, with Spurs? I think just before a lot of those players go off to the African nations that we'd be playing them. Mm-hmm. Does that fear for you in a way, Dan, having that fixture next, if that yeah. is the case and Leicester's called off? Uh, yeah, it does. Um, purely because Liverpool are very high energy. You're going to need to run and run and run uh, against Liverpool. And if, point, the rumors yeah. are, if the rumours are to be believed, it's, it's not just a load of the fringe players that have had COVID or tested positive is some of the ones that are the the important players for us. So we need everyone fully, fully fit. And I, I think if you tested positive for COVID, what, five days ago, you know, I, I know people who've had it and I know they're not professional footballers, but they didn't feel completely great, uh, you know, for at least two or three weeks. I know everyone's separate, but you don't really want someone like, for example, I don't know, whoever, um, sort of half cooked and a bit a bit tired for that sort of game because you're just not going to be in it uh, with Salah and Firmino, Firmino, everyone, and some yeah. of their fullbacks. So... Yeah, tricky time. Indeed. Sammy, over to you for the final opinion on this one. What can you see happening? What do you believe Spurs' next fixture will never be bleak? Yeah, I don't think we're playing midweek. Um, I think the thing that I worry about, well, I got a question for for, for, for you guys. I mean, is this a Spurs thing? Or, or, is this, or could this potentially That's be a, a league-wide thing? So I think the, yeah. thing, the, the reason why I ask is just worry, my God, you know, it could yeah. just get ever more complicated with other teams succumbing to the challenges that, mm. that we have with COVID. Well, of course, I mean, the government over here obviously are now suggesting that, you know, it's, it's a work from home policy if, you know, if you can. Um, and judging by the cases already, like I say, from a, from a, from a UK perspective going up, um, I think it's massively concerning, Sammy. I, you know, it, it does feel like it could, again, become in that time again. It's hard because I say you want to, I say, talk about football on podcasts and it ends right. up becoming almost a, um, again, a, a worldwide pandemic. What, what do you think, Sammy, will be our next game? What can you personally see becoming Spurs' next game? 
Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I, who who are we uh, supposed to have well, next? Well, obviously weekend? we got obviously Leicester. things down. It'll be, it'll be Leicester midweek and then on to Liverpool. Leicester yeah. on Thursday night. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't get I don't get the sense there's any compassion for for teams that now have players available but haven't had a chance to practice, right? <laughs> so, did, Spurs, but did, we, no. did we did we really think that we were going to get a result from Liverpool anyway? So, I mean, I. I mean, you always want to try. You don't want to just give yep. give a game away. But I'm not sure that, that that most people would have rated us to get three 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 points there. So, I, I would I would suggest just in the 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 league wants to get cracking as soon as we can, assuming that no other teams have the same challenges with COVID that we do. It'll 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 likely be uh, be Liverpool. But you know, one of the things that, that, that to your to your point, Ricky, and this really this uh, struck me when when Conti showed this side of him this week in his presser when he really really talked about the human side of of, of this yep. thing. That hey, look, you know, these are players. Scared, players. But yeah, they have yeah. families, and you know they've got they've got health issues of their own and concerns of their own. Yeah. And I was just so blown away at sort of his his human side that he he had shown that it wasn't all about X's and O's and footballs and no. you know, points and, and and losses. Yeah, I, I mean they're the same as us, right? And you felt even like you know in that last <laughs> the the previous used to be having COVID in the lockdown, it almost felt like they're being tested like guinea pigs out there, just you know yeah. go and give us some entertainment running yeah. around for us. But you know, again, as you said there, Sammy, totally agree. Uh, they've got families, you know. they've They've got young babies. They're all going through the same as what we're going through. And it's just very, very tough out there. Yeah. I mean, Jace, as I said, I mean, just a case, Jason, waiting and seeing, right? Whoever we get, we have to, like I say, you have to fulfill that. Yeah, picture. that's what you got to, you know, how badly those, some of those players are. I mean, the, the case of Joshua Kimmich. Is, oh, yeah. Is, you know, it just shows you what, what can happen. And, and fingers crossed, we don't go, we haven't got anyone to to the to the degree that that case has, has cost Joshua Kimmich. But, uh we won't know and really, and I don't suppose we will know until um, much later in the week. It will be Tuesday, Wednesday before names start coming out as to who possibly is available and things. I think that yep. I think once once we're back in training, even if it is only for one day, then the Premier League will take the thing that you can go, you can play the game. Uh, and like I say, if you've got six players that haven't had COVID and you have to mix in other members of, of a youth team squad, I think that's what the Premier League will do because they won't want one club to fall three or four games behind no, that, that's the a good rest point. of the, I mean, the Premier League. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, there's issues with that. So I think if we're back in training, then the Leicester will go ahead. But I have a feeling that, that there will still be one or two cases that, that make that difficult to happen. Hey, really? But that Liverpool game, you know, I'm different. I think the Liverpool game... The Liverpool game is important from our league position, but I don't think beating or losing to Liverpool makes a difference to us finishing in the top four. I think we could lose to Liverpool and still finish in that top four. I think that West Ham game makes a massive difference to the rest of our season because, you know, like I say, that Carabao Cup with, you know, we get bantered by everyone for not winning a trophy. If you could go West Ham, Chelsea, Arsenal, win that final by knocking those three out, that banter finishes. And I think the the feel-good factor... From a would be a brilliant trophy for us to win because, like I said the other night, if it was Wolves, then Leicester, then Aston Villa, it's a nice trophy and on you go. But if you can knock those three teams out and win that trophy, the momentum and the belief, mm. I think that that would really bring on is a massive springboard. It's a February final. It's Absolutely. not like the Conference League. You're having to wait till the end of May to do it. Yeah. So yeah. you can suddenly think, get that in the bank. And don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a difficult competition to win, particularly... You're going to have to play Chelsea because they are our nemesis side. We've beaten Liverpool once in 16. Uh, we never win at the Emirates, or we rarely win at the Emirates. So there's there's still plenty of difficult ties. But that that West Ham game is massive for us. You know, we need to win a London derby, a big London derby this season. 
if you can do that and take some momentum forward, I think that's that's a great chance for us. So that to me is the really big game that, that's coming up before Christmas, more than the Liverpool game is. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Sammy, I think you want to come in there, Sammy? No, 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 no. Jay's, Jay's covering me. We're good. Okay, fantastic. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, for listeners, all well, listeners, viewers that don't know where you are, I don't know how they can't know where you are, um, who wants to give the uh, the obligatory of where, we could, where they can find you? Sammy Vastan, who's going to be the person? Who's, who's, who's doing the spokesperson? Who's the spokesperson? We, we, are, we are, yeah, we're going to do the marketing. We are the at Dr. Tottenham podcast. That's at DR Tottenham. And we're, you know, just about everywhere you find these sort of things. So, Thank you for having us. Now, now let us let us brag on you a little bit because you have really built quite the uh, the Tottenham Hotspur podcast empire for yourselves. You, you guys have uh, have done an incredible job of uh, of producing quality Spurs content. Uh, I mean, you 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 are you're sort of the preeminent name that's known in the community, and you've, you've built this thing from scratch. And it's been pretty cool to to to, to watch you guys grow and and get the notoriety and uh, the publicity that you have. And Gosh. to do it in a manner where you've done so, where you, you've had to show some grace because there's some real pricks out here in in Twitter land and just some oh. people that are just just kind of haters and say stupid shit. And you've you've kind of I've just been impressed with how high you've you've held your your, your head and just gone about your business. So we're we're honored. Appreciate to be it, here. Sammy. Thanks for Appreciate having. It. No, it's been a like said, been a real pleasure. I know, like I say, I've promised Vass for a long time. We're gonna make this happen. Um, Vass, like I say, for uh, listen, thank you so much, Sammy, for all that lovely words. I know Jason's really enjoying the two-hour editions. We are trying to bring those shows down. Yeah, we got here. We got too long. When, when you've got Lee McQueen and you've got me and you've got the people that would love to talk, trying to bring that number down is, is very very tricky. But we are doing our best for Jason's sake. Vass, um, where can we find the show? I mean, I say as, as Sammy gives us the intro there. Yeah, Sam is uh, pretty much giving you a rundown. Wherever they can find your show, they can find our show, mate. <laughs> we're on, um, yeah, we're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. We're also on YouTube, so you can tune in and watch us there. Um, we're not doing the live shows at the moment, but the recordings are all up and available for you guys to to, to join in and watch. So, yeah, we're on social media as well, so give us a follow, uh, catch up. We're maybe not as active as uh, Last Word on Spurs. We certainly don't run uh, the same number of transfer rumours as, as you guys do. But... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, no, no. We, think, this beautiful I think on that life. basis, I think Jason's looking for a transfer, aren't you, Jason? Oh, <laughs> alive. It's just like, I don't care who will play for Tottenham. I only care who does play for Tottenham. I, I don't give a damn about it. Yeah, so when he, when he started off, I thought, man, I didn't think Jace was really into the transfer win. No. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I had to beg him, Sammy, at the start. Now like, Sammy, we've started to arm out for yes, the team. I'm right, uh, Jason, I'm right there with you. Like, I add nothing in these these segments. Transfers is for football manager. Go and right. play that if you want to know right. about transfers yeah, no, or something. It's definitely a fantasy. I had, to, I, I had to bribe Jason at the start. Jason, I'm really sorry. We've got to do it. And I, you know, now we've got, obviously, Jamie, Jamie Brown, Daily Hotspur, absolutely loves the transfer. So, uh, we're, we're well catered, but um, I say it's a, it's a great team. I promise you, Vass, we will get together um, again very, oh, very soon. I actually promise you're going to have a bit of a Christmas party today with beers out and oh, whatever. No, yeah, I should have It's done. always <laughs> the way, isn't it? It's always like we pull too well, early. We pull too early. I, I'll be, I hope to be, I mean, you know, uh, COVID aside, I mean, I, I'm, I'm booked for for the West Ham match, uh, the Premier League fixture at home. So hopefully meet you guys and uh, meet up and have a, be amazing. a, a beer or two. Most yeah. certainly, most certainly. Right. Um, like I say, Sam... Dan, Vass, pleasure. Jace, who is currently orchestrating something, he's trying to find something. We'll let Jason find it. Is that this. enough? 
He's had enough of this. He's collapsing. There we go. For our listeners on audio, Jason has put the hat on. The Christmas party's starting, but we're coming to an end. How ironic, eh? Always the way. Um, From Sammy, from Jason, from Dan, from Vass, from me, guys, keep safe. Keep well, and I say our thoughts are with everybody. Um, of course, Tottenham Hotspur battling coronavirus. Anybody around the world, listen, uh, keep safe, keep well, keep on battling, and we look forward to speaking to you guys very soon. Go and check the Dr. Tottenham podcast out. As always, keep the faith and come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.